first reading is Hebrews chapter 7, verses 23 to 28, and it can be found in the Church Bible on page 1206, 1206. Hebrews 7, 23 to 28. Now there have been many of those priests since death prevented them from continuing in office. But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he always lives to intercede for them. Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Unlike the other high priests, he does not need to offer sacrifices day after day for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests men in all their weakness, but the oath which came after the law appointed the Son who was made perfect forever. This is the first reading. Our second reading is taken from Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, reading from verse 46 to 52. That's Mark 10 on page 1015. Then they came to Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called to the blind man, cheer up, on your feet, he's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Go, said Jesus, your faith has healed you. Immediately his sight was, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. This is the word of the Lord. This morning, as we hear your scripture, I pray that you would speak to us clearly. Show us the truth of what you're saying. Show us what it means for us. And would you give us ears to listen and eyes to see. Amen. So close your eyes with me for a moment and just imagine that that is all you saw. Transport yourself in your mind to the streets of Jericho where you sit in the heat of the day, the sun on your face. You can feel the sweat. You can feel the dust flicking up onto you. You're unable to see, but able to hear the crowds as they pass you by, the many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem, the hustle and bustle the smells, the click of harnesses, the murmur of a crowd. 
and your cloak is in front of you collecting money that people give you as you sit and beg. You can hear the noise of the coins as they land. But today, something is different. You pick up from the noise that Jesus of Nazareth is here. You've heard of this man. As a man of the street, you're among the first to know what's happening, to hear the latest news. You've heard of the things that this man can do. And you shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You can hear people around you telling you to be quiet, but you want to meet this man. He can help you. Your future, your life depends on it. And you hear a voice through the crowd. Call him. You. He's heard you. Are you going to go? You throw your cloak down and you make your way to Jesus. And you get asked the question, what do you want me to do for you? Open your eyes if you haven't already and you haven't fallen asleep in that moment. Today's reading is the last miracle recorded in Mark and it ends the section that some refer to as the discipleship, discipleship section of the book, which begins with the healing of the blind man in chapter 8 at Bethsaida, which we looked at before. And that healing, today's healing, marked the two hinges in Mark's gospel. In chapter 8, we see the change from Jesus' um, ministry in Galilee to his journey towards Jerusalem. And then from chapter 11, we see his entry into the city. Today is that end moment. Everything held within these two pivotal sight healings linked to the person of Christ or discipleship and the constant call to follow Christ. We hear it in 8.34, then we have 10.21, 10.28, It's important. He wants the disciples to understand something. He wants us to understand something. He wants to open their eyes and he wants to open our eyes. And this question, what do you want me to do for you, is one that we've heard now over the last few weeks. Last week alone, we looked at that same question being asked to James and John. And their answer was for positions of power, for honour, for glory. But today, Bartimaeus' answer is for sight. Maybe more than just physical sight. And when I was preparing for today, I had a few pages of notes, quite a few, a bit too many to actually look through by the end of it. And I feel like I've just, oh, yes, I'm still there. Um, I couldn't quite work out where to go. I wrote it, and then I read it, and it didn't feel right. And then I'd write it again, and it still didn't feel right. And then I tried a third time, and it still didn't feel right. And I, I kept praying and praying. And then at the end of this, I was thinking, I don't know what I'm meant to do. I, like, which, where are we meant to go, God? And the answer I thought I had was it's not a time for a three-point sermon of this, this, and that. But actually, it's a time for us to stop and a time for us to think, and a time for us to reflect, not just on today, but the last series that we've had, of this constant call to follow Jesus, this constant call of what do you want me to do for you? So today, we're pausing, we're waiting, and we're seeing. What can we learn from this part today? It's another call story, not as in C-O-O-L, although it is quite cool, but a call as in C-A-O-L. It's a call to follow. It's a call for Bartimaeus. In chapter 1, 16 to 20, we've seen um, Simon, Andrew, James and John giving up what they had to follow. In chapter 2 of Mark, we then hear of Levi, 
leaving his things and coming and following. We've had the rich man who didn't follow. They've left their fishing nets, they've left their boats, they've left their tax collecting booths and they've followed. But for Bartimaeus, he doesn't have a living in the same way that the others did. For a blind man, his money came from begging. The Jewish people would give him alms money. He didn't have a lot of stuff. For him, this coat, this cloak, could be the only thing he had. We could read it as he simply took off his coat. It's easy for us to do that. We have many in the wardrobe, probably too many, actually, for us to wear, if we're honest. But this might have been all he had. This was more than just a cloak. This was a, a, an item of clothing he would have put on to stop him getting cold in the Judean winds. This would have been a blanket for the night. This would have been something he put in front of him to collect money on. Some commentators think they would have put it over their head so their eyes were hidden. For Bartimaeus to leave this behind was for him to say, I'm letting go of my own self-sufficiency and I'm putting my life and dependency in Christ. So I wonder if we come back to that question that Jesus asked for him then, what do you want if there was an inner struggle? He's already left that cloak, but I wonder if he thinks, oh, perhaps I might need it again. What if Jesus doesn't give me what I want? What do I want? If he's blind, then sight would be the obvious answer. But for him, sight would bring about a whole lifestyle change. It would take him from the familiar to the unknown. It would mean the alms money would stop. It would mean he'd have to take up a form of living. It would mean he'd have to take up his religious duties. And we don't know if he's been blind for years or for the whole of his life, or if it's been a short time. But we do know that people knew who he was. In Mark's Gospel, only two people were given a name when a miracle happens, and that's Jairus and Bartimaeus. I wonder if his identity was tied up in blind Bartimaeus. I wonder if that inner battle within him was the desire to see, but also the, desire of, also the need to let go of the familiar. But he overcomes that struggle, and he chooses to ask for sight. And if we put ourselves into this passage, what if we were Bartimaeus? I wonder what our inner struggle might be if Jesus was to ask us, what do you want? What is the equivalent of our cloak? What is our familiar? What is our identity tied up in? But our identity is not tied up in our cloak. Our identity is in him. And in many ways, we might beg. We beg for validation or for hope, for someone to see our hurt, for someone to care enough to do something about it, for someone to fix it. But the cloak isn't the answer. Jesus is. He's the only one that can save Bartimaeus from his circumstance and choice and set us on a new path. And that's the same for us. When I was preparing for this talk, I took a short break and decided to go for a swim, thinking that would give me a chance to think and focus and process some of the, the things that were going around in my head. And when I got to the poolside, I realised that I'd left my goggles at home. Very helpful. 
I mean, for those of you that know me, you might have worked out I'm a little bit stubborn sometimes. And um, I decided to go ahead and swim anyway, because that would be the most sensible thing to do in this moment. So after a couple of lengths, I realised that I was in a bit of trouble. And my eyes were hurting, like stinging to the point where I was thinking, I don't know if I can open these when I go down. So I started shutting them every time I went under the water. And then it carried on hurting, so I thought, I know what I'll do. I'll swim for a whole length with my eyes shut. Well, that goes well, doesn't it? <laughs> Fortunately, no one else was in my lane. But after about 20 minutes, I decided I needed to get out. My eyes were stinging. I couldn't really see. The pain wasn't worth it anymore. And when I was getting changed after, I was thinking, all those times that we struggle ahead with our cloak, with our thing that disables us, and we carry it around and we carry it around, and sometimes it gets to the point where it hurts too much and we need to get out. It gets to the point where we can't do it anymore, and that's the time that we go, God, I need you. When it hurts, we often decide, now's the time to change and I wonder if that was the point that Bartimaeus had got to. He couldn't do it anymore. He didn't want to do it anymore. He knew who this Jesus was and he wanted to follow him. He wanted to be a part of it. But letting go of the familiar is quite hard. Letting go of what we've known, letting go of that pattern of behavior, that way of thinking. And when Jesus says to us, what do we want? And that inner battle is raging. It's getting to the point where we say, I want to see. And Jesus heard Bartimaeus' cry. He heard his request. And once again, Jesus saw the outcast and the marginalized and brings them into the spotlight. In Mark alone, we have the woman with the hemorrhage in 525 to 34. We have the Gerasene demoniac in 5120. We have the sick in Genesaret in 653 to 56. We have the Syrophoenician woman in chapter 7, the blind man at Bethsaida in chapter 8, the boy with the spirit in chapter 9, the little children in 10, and now we have Bartimaeus. Mark is full of stories where the marginalized are brought into the spotlight. Jesus hears and stops. He causes people to stop obstructing and to start enabling. He causes stiff arms to become helping hands, and he calls Bartimaeus to him. And like Bartimaeus, we don't know what Jesus looked like at that moment. But I would imagine that he looked with compassion. I'd imagine he looked with love, with empathy. And he saw Bartimaeus for who he was. He didn't see blind Bartimaeus. He saw Bartimaeus, the name that means son of honor. And he brought him in. Every time Bartimaeus would have picked up his cloak... He was reminded of his identity as blind Bartimaeus. But in Jesus, he finds his validation. He finds his honour. And he is asked, out of respect, what does he want? Jesus hears you, and Jesus sees you. Bartimaeus, though, doesn't just answer this question just to Jesus, but he's answering in front of a lot of people. What would happen if Jesus didn't heal him? What would happen if his request went unheard? All eyes, all ears are attuned to see what happens. And Jesus, son of Nazareth, Jesus, son of David, answers his request and Bartimaeus sees. But the story doesn't end there. Bartimaeus doesn't just see and do nothing. 
He's put aside his identity and he follows Jesus along the road. Some translations say along the way. On that way into the city, on that way to the cross, he leaves it all behind and he follows. And we can only imagine what that might have been like for him, that turning point, that change. And when I was writing this, just bear with me a minute because um, I think this bit is for some people here. When I was writing this, I felt like some people, you know, I, I remember that moment where I became a Christian. I remember that gradual build-up to me thinking, hmm, I, I, think this, I think this might be something I want to do. I think this might be something I, I believe in. I think I believe in God. Yes, I believe in God. I remember that moment, that journey to that point. And I remember a few years later seeing all these people and hearing all these stories where people would have big wow moments, where they'd been healed from something amazing or you know, someone had prayed for them and they'd fallen over and they'd had this miraculous vision and everything else. And I can remember getting jealous and thinking, well, why not for me? Like, why do I have a boring story of just, oh, yeah, one day I decided, yeah, Jesus was real, yeah, I've been brought up in a church for years. And to me, that seemed a boring story. All these other people getting the big wow moments. But that didn't mean that Jesus hadn't seen me. That didn't mean that Jesus didn't hear me. If that's your story and you haven't had a big, or oh, I've been healed from this thing, or, you know, I've had this vision or something, and that's what led you to it, it doesn't mean that you're still marginalized. It doesn't mean that he hasn't brought you into the spotlight. You are still loved, you are still heard, and you are still seen. So, bring us back to today's passage. For all of us, God wants to open our eyes, our spiritual eyes, to see him and to know him. He desires for us to love him, but he'll never force himself upon us. So when we think about our cloak, he might ask you to put it down, but it's our choice. We could put it back on. We could leave it to the side, just waiting, just, you know, we'll just see if this journey works out. Or we could put it fully down. It's our choice. When we think about the things that blind us spiritually, it's our choice as to whether we turn to him and ask him to help us to see. When he asks us the question, what do you want? we get to answer. When we think about following him like Bartimaeus then did to the cross, his desire is that we take his hand and follow him. But it's our choice as to whether we do. So let's pray. And then let's reflect once more. Father God, I thank you that you give us choices. I thank you that you saw Bartimaeus for who he was. You didn't see him as blind Bartimaeus. You saw him as son of honour. And I thank you that you hear us and you see us. And I pray that as we put ourselves back in this story now, you would speak to each one of us and that we would answer you with the integrity and the humility of Bartimaeus.
So close our eyes. And for a moment, let's just imagine that that's all we saw. Transport yourself back to those streets of Jericho. And what if you put yourself in this story? What would your response be and allow God to speak softly to you? You sit in the heat of the day, the sun of your face, unable to see, but able to hear the crowds as they pass by, the many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem making that journey, the hustle and bustle, the smells, the click of the harness, the murmur of the crowd, and your cloak is in front of you, collecting money that people give you as you sit and beg, but today something is different. You hear the noise from the crowds that Jesus of Nazareth is here. You've heard of this man. You've heard the latest news. You've heard of the things this man can do. And you shout out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. You're told to be quiet. But you want to meet that man. And you hear a voice cutting through the crowd. Call him. Call her. He's heard you. He's seen you. You have a choice to make. Are you going to put down your cloak? Are you going to go? Jesus asked you the question. What do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you?